Hey gang, welcome back. I know it's been a while, but uh, that's the way it goes, right? <laughs> I'm super excited for this episode. This is uh, episode number 17. I'm going to have my good, good, good friend, Mr. Bobble, Robin Smith, all the way from the UK. And uh, we've been on tour together and, uh, you know, he basically introduced me to, uh, to Europe for the first time. And I uh, can't wait to, uh, you know, see how he's doing and how things are uh, over in England right now because it's been uh, quite a year over there as well. So uh, listen, uh, make sure to hit the subscribe slap the bell thing and um if you want to be a producer just uh, any tip in the virtual tip jar the link is below and uh you will be listed as a producer of the following episode so that's how to directly support the episode and um yeah let's do this all right let's get it on it's been forever i haven't seen you in over a year far too long mate far too long <sighs> right yeah like I mean, we were supposed to see each other again, and then all this lockdown stuff happened. You know, last time I saw you, uh, you were going to come tour in Canada and ended up just hanging out at my house for a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was the best cancelled tour I've ever been on, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> right? Just hang out and go to shows and have a good time. Nothing wrong with that. That's it, yeah. What, what could have been so terrible and what was set up to fail actually ended up just being bloody lovely and uh, really productive as well. We've got loads of writing done, Danny, you know? So it's, uh, well, that's it. Like, uh, you guys wrote basically a, a bunch of new stuff lately. I just heard that uh, you guys um, put out a new song, uh, Stomp Em Down. Yeah, yeah, so it's finally out. Uh, oops, sorry. Beer started fizzing over. What are you drinking? Uh, uh, I'm actually drinking a brew uh, by our good friends in Sunliner, uh, a band that we have toured with before. But yeah, to celebrate their new release, they uh, teamed up with a brewery and uh, made a very nice lager. So yeah, cheers. Well, How about cheers, you? Then. I'm, I'm drinking a little, little Appleton today on ice. <laughs> Excellent. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Stomp Him Down. I, I just heard it again today because it had been a while yeah. since I heard it. And it, it sounds great, man. Oh, thank you so much. We are so, so happy with it. It is, um, yeah, it's been one of these where we've had it as a new song for ages now. We've been sat on it wanting to do something with it and never getting the time or never getting well enough practice to actually go and sort it out. Um, and so to finally have it out now is, is great. <laughs> well, fantastic. What I like about that track is I find it, it really, uh, it's a track that defines your band's sound, faintest idea. It's it, like, it sounds like you guys, you know what I mean? It has all the elements, it's super crisp, horns right at the yeah. get-go. And uh, I heard you guys got a bit of heat and stuff, or a little uh, discussion going with that song. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, paying attention, uh, man. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> I'm actually wearing the shirt now. I, I received my first bit of... Uh, Internet, internet hate uh, because uh, someone thought that me wearing a, a Pokemon Liberation Army T-shirt made me a man baby in cargo shorts that need to grow up. Which uh... <laughs> is that what they said? Man yeah, baby, yeah, I like that. <laughs> a man baby in cargo shorts. Yeah. But, uh, well, what, what, what exactly was the issue though? What, what were people talking about? Oh well, I, I think it's an anti-fascist song. You know, you put an anti-fascist song out nowadays, and uh, unfortunately, it draws the, the, the fascists. <laughs> yeah, the, the, they crawl out from the depths of the internet, and uh, yeah, fortunately, touch wood, it's not been too bad. It's mostly just been, uh, yeah, the odd moron here or there. But yeah, no, it's mm -hmm. and again, anything that winds up a fascist is fun. So 
I'm all for it. <laughs> well, that's it. You know, it, it, it's interesting times we live in because I find it's a, it's a big, been a long time since, uh, you know, people are outright coming out. You know what yeah. I mean? And I prefer to see where the enemy's at than have them <laughs> hidden away anyway. You know, if there's yeah. one thing I can thank Trump for, it's for like drawing them out. <laughs> that's it. You know, allowing people to say the, the quiet part out loud. Um, which is right. terrifying in some ways because it turns out there's fucking loads of them. There's, you know, <laughs> all coming out of the woodwork now. But, um, yeah, well, as you say, it, it makes it very easy to, to steer clear. Uh, or, yeah, keep an mm -hmm. eye on people. Uh, well, how are things over in England? I mean, like, I, I want to get to how the virus was handling because uh, with the leadership over there, if I'm not, you know, uh, from what I hear, it's been a little touchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been fantastic, hey man. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh Christ, mate! It's uh, <laughs> so yeah. So basically, I I actually um, made one of the silliest decisions of my life uh, just before the lockdown was announced all over Europe. Uh, so my best mate moved out to Sicily a few years back, and I've never been to see him, and he's just had a kid. So you know, when I booked it, like coronavirus, I hadn't even heard of it. And then, like, literally, I was out there the weekend that it all got locked down. <laughs> so <laughs> I, like, go out to Sicily. We're landing in this, like, tiny airport. Like, I've flown out from Heathrow. There's been no issues, anything like that. In Sicily, we're, like, temperature checked. We're, like, everyone's masked up. It's insane. Like, over the course of that weekend, things get more and more nuts. Like, I'm freaking out if I'm not going to be able to get home, anything like this. Like, um, again, flying back, it's all masks and temperature checks and shit before you're allowed in the plane. And then we land in Heathrow, like one of the busiest airports in the world. And we're just in, like in with everyone else in immigration control, in with everyone else in baggage checking. And it was like, oh no, we're, we're really not taking this seriously at all, are we? <laughs> uh, and yeah, started wow. bad and kind of only got worse. Um, but yeah. Well, it's that's been... it because uh, at that time when that happened, wasn't like a, Italy was the second spot that really got mm. hit hard, right? I mean, after Asia. And yeah, stuff. I mean, yeah. uh, it, it was unbelievable. The timing couldn't be any worse for you. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, as I say, it was mad because like I was here in England where they said we were under like a lockdown, but it wasn't. You were just asked nicely to stay inside. Um, and right. talking to like my mates in, in Italy and stuff that were saying, you know, oh yeah, you literally have to have a special permission to go outside you have to download and if you get stopped by the pigs if you can't show it to them and convince them you are out for a good reason they like walk you back to your house and find you 300 euro like in fucking china they were like welding people into the houses and shit that's a lockdown like we <laughs> <laughs> offer you a beer and stop at the pub on the way home <laughs> <laughs> but yeah here we had exactly the pubs as well because they literally were like oh yeah we're gonna close the pubs we're gonna close the pubs on saturday so everyone just went out on the front Friday got fucking blasted because they were like they closed the pubs. <laughs> oh, it's scary. But um, yeah, that's they, wild. They've pretty much given up now. They're just hoping that no one notices all the fucking vulnerable and elderly people dying, and uh, yeah, just carry on. So, uh, <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, didn't Europe just uh, release a list uh, like yesterday and said like uh, no Americans are going to be allowed into Europe? But what about England? Yeah. I mean, it's basically that's, the same thing, right? Uh, uh, Brexit <laughs> means Brexit, mate. That's <laughs> still <laughs> desperately trying to push that shit through. Uh, so yeah, right. it's, it's nuts, man. It's 
yeah, I've never really understood. Like, there's that that like Chinese curse of "May you live in interesting times," and I've never really understood it until now. <laughs> now it's like, oh yeah, no shit, actually, this is <laughs> it's too interesting. <laughs> well, just so just so the people listening have an idea, where are you right now? Uh, so I'm in Norwich, uh, which is in the in the east of England, UK. Uh, yeah, no, uh, in lockdown with me and the dog Solo. I don't know if you can. Oh, so I, I just, yeah. Oh, there he is. Oh, he's got he's, a cone on his cone head. What did he do? <laughs> so uh, he managed to shake his head so much he burst a blood vessel in his ear, <laughs> and then after that much surgery, and yeah, he's now been in a cone for the better part of a month, and uh, he's probably going to yeah. be wearing it for a while. Stupid little thing. Well, yeah. it's on the mend at least, right? That's it. That's it. He's uh, back to his normal self, getting up to mischief. So, <laughs> keeping me sane, Man, just about. When I met you, it was my first time ever in England. I don't yeah. know if you remember, but I was all wide-eyed and you know, looking for every <laughs> single party I could find, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I think yeah, that didn't change much every subsequent time I've ever met you, K-Man, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one life to live, brother. <laughs> That's it, damn straight. But yeah, that, that tour, that was, man, was so good. That was so much fun. It was totally fun. epic, man. Yeah. I think for Basically us what as well, we did is... Oh, you go. Well, yeah, because uh, that was our first tour in uh, Europe, and uh, we hooked up with you guys. I remember uh, Jack Brew, um, we, we went over to his place the first night we got there, and our first stop, I think we just walked in, dropped our bags, and went to the pub right away, you yeah. know? And it was my first <laughs> time experiencing a, a British pub. And man, I gotta yeah. say, everybody I bumped into was super friendly and just wanted to hang out all night long, you know? It, it was yeah, great, uh, and everybody I've met from there, I had a good time with. And you guys excellent. are animals. In, in the best <laughs> way, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. We... Um... Yeah, no, we know how to have fun on tour. We we tend to have a have a laugh, have a few well, chances. I, I remember. I think we were in Germany at uh, yeah. uh, with uh, with Shorty Shorty Media, right? Yeah. <laughs> big shout out to Shorty. How you doing, my brother? Yeah, big shout out to Shorty <laughs> and your lady. Yeah, man. And he, we went in there, and he walked up to us. He's like, "Fuck machine. You need fuck machine on stage." And we're all like, what the hell is this guy talking about fuck machine on stage? Welcome to Germany, right? It took us at least 15 minutes to figure out that he really meant to say fog machine. But fog he kept saying fuck machine. You need fuck machine on, on stage? Half the band was like, well, maybe. Uh, I completely forgotten that, yeah. And, uh, that and then that night, hard. they just lined, like, every member of Faintest Idea and came in the 45s in one huge room. And I remember we were all sleeping one beside the other, you know, yeah. like three mattresses just thrown on the floor. It was almost human Jenga, weren't it? All, like, just stacked up and tetrising yourself into space. <laughs> Absolutely. I was trying to figure out who uh, snored the most, but somebody told me it was probably me. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's either you or Bray. Uh, <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, uh, have you guys uh, been able to get together and play any music these days at all with all this lockdown and stuff? So we try to do a few things like over over Zoom and stuff, and there's just no way of it working. Uh, so uh, now they start... The, the upside of our government not giving a shit anymore is they've basically relaxed everything down to fuck all. So um, like a few of us were able to like get together and have a bit of a jam um, like the other week. And that was fucking great, man. Just remembering like, oh shit, yeah, music is really fun, isn't it? That's, that's why I've dedicated like a fucking year, all of this of my life to it. Um, well, that's it. How many years have you been in Faintest Idea? 
So I joined Faintest Idea when I was 19, 18, 19, so 11, 12 years now. Um, wow, but, a young barber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they're literally a group of strange men I met on the internet. Like, it's, <laughs> it's back in the days of MySpace. I think I came home and uh, yeah, it was just like hopping from bands to bands and uh, they put a shout out asking for brass players. My knowledge of geography was so shit, I had no idea I was agreeing to join a band on the other side of the country. And uh, then for the next five years, I just drove cross-country every weekend for shows. It was, uh, <laughs> and nothing changed, right? Twelve years later, here you are. <laughs> well, I've moved slightly closer now. I've, I've, I've made the decision to, yeah, come out, which is... Uh, yeah, yeah, you just want to live closer to Danny, I'm sure, right? That's it, that's it, yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> yeah, never a dull moment. Um, no. But now, as I say now, well, uh, we've got like I've got a DI uh, input thing, and we're we're trying to figure out a way to get some demos. Like Doug, our new uh, drum player, has uh, recently got an electric kit, and so yeah, we're trying to put stuff together so that we don't come out of this super rusty. Because like that was the other well, annoying thing about this. We had like, in fact, the songs that we wrote when we were staying at yours, like we basically had them so close to ready, and like if this had held off like a couple a couple more weeks we might have had more than just one song to put out so we were all just sat ready waiting to go and uh yeah so we're all kind of just nervously wanting to get back out there while they're still in our heads and uh smash oh, them out for sure i totally get that for the whole recording thing too i mean it's hard because we did the same thing we did a few of those like a you know those collage videos that all the bands are putting mm. out and stuff like this but i mean the process it's not like you know some people think you're all playing at once and it's not at all because yeah. it's next to impossible <laughs> to do that because there's lag involved you know what i mean like no one would be playing in time at all i mean like how i ended up doing it is uh, i would do a guitar track and then send it to the drummer the drummer would put on a beat over yeah. that. Okay, send it to the bass player. He'd play to it. So you're not actually playing together. You're layer, layering stuff on, on top of it. And then by the end, because you always want to be playing to the drums, so once it would go from the drummer with my scratch track, then it would go to the bass player, then the horn players, then back to me. Yeah. Then I would take off my original track and then play to the drums. Like that, that so one, it yeah. actually has a better feel and then do the vocals on top of that. But I mean, just go through that whole process and everybody, you know, filming at home so, and not everybody's so really set up like for recording, you know? <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah. man, what a headache. Right? And I mean, and then you have to try to make it sound decent, but I mean, people are recording, you know, trombone. Josh was like at home with his, you know, iPhone and, okay, I'll get the horns <laughs> of this, you know, and send you the track and, and shit yeah. like that. Like, in, in it takes a lot more work than phone, people think. Wrapped in a hat, like under a pillow on the other side of a room, <laughs> you're facing the other way. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. That's, a, that's called natural EQ, you know, just wrapping <laughs> up the microphone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely, man. And then if you want to do like a video something to put out, you've then got to do that awkward video miming, like having it, but on your own in your front room, which is even more weird. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's when you just film the top, but if everybody stood up, you'd see everybody was just actually in their underwear the yeah. whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, whoa! You got the guitar to cover it. I can't really get away without a trombone. It's uh, a right. <laughs> You're just standing out there with your tromboner. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's the uh, music scene like right now in England? I mean, like, our people aren't doing shows yet, I imagine. No, no. So it's all completely shut down. It's um, it's quite a worrying time, to be honest. Like, at the moment, they're talking about, uh, I mean, 
at low estimates, at least 400 venues closing. And like, as I say, I've, I've been in Faintest Idea 11 years. I've been gigging since I was 15. Like, I couldn't think of 400 venues across the UK. And obviously, like, I'm done to my scene and stuff. But, yeah. And, again, all the talk about, like, being able to do shows is, like, drive-in shows or something like that. It just... Yeah. I don't know, for our scene especially, like, our type of music is all... Like, we're not about the music. Like, <laughs> you know, we've managed to get this far by not being great, but by jumping around and giving it fucking all of the energy and enthusiasm. And, like... Well, that's it for any band that's, like, that an energetic is, live band. Yeah, 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 it's hard. I mean, I feed off the crowd myself, and if, you know, people are sitting yeah. in a car eating fucking popcorn or some bullshit, <laughs> I'd be like, whatever, man. And, uh, that's it. Hey, we'll just go hang out at the strippers and drink all night. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, the socially distant strip club. That's, uh... mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's, did it's... that, right? <laughs> I'll defer yeah, to your like knowledge of that <laughs> well, they, they made it like a drive-through and you kind of drive by and then they'd have a dancer like dancing on the side you know i don't know if it was done in a parking lot or whatever but i, I saw a video on that i'm like what I, i'm not surprised <laughs> Fantastic. But yeah, yeah so it's, so it, it, it's basically I, hard too to make plans right like i mean yeah. you know do, when do you start booking shows is the big but question we, because as soon as like green light goes every single band in the whole world is also going to want to book in that moment right well this thing we we booked to say like our next booked gig is next february and like the shit bit of that is not only booking a gig like i mean when we booked it about eight months in advance but also not knowing if we're even going to be able to play in eight months and like we've we've had people so i think there's a couple of american bands that are still hoping to tour over here next year and uh like there's a few dates that we've been asked if we can like jump on with some people and again we're saying yes but like like you said before all of europe is saying no to america and with everything going even more nuts here and there like it's yeah it's just really weird not having any idea how long this is going to last and what the hell's going to happen next it's uh yeah oh, man, I you. We're, we're in the exact same position we just uh, booked some shows for november but i mean yeah you know, because venues want to book as well, because nobody's sure how it's going to yeah, go, so you have yeah. to book them. But like you say, we don't know if it's going to happen or not. That's it. It's uh, yeah, going to be interesting. I think it's uh, yeah. Again, and I'm I consider ourselves lucky in faintest idea because we have been going a long time. You know, we have done some really fucking cool shit. Like even if we didn't actually get to gig in Canada, like we got booked to gig in Canada. We've been to like, you know, we did Japan, we went to fucking Russia. Like we've, we've done cool shit. And if everything does return to like the old days of like fucking village halls or like house shows and squat gigs and stuff like this, like that's okay. Like we've, we've already done some really cool shit but it sucks like that that is that might be what it's returning to and yeah the fact that so much like music isn't going to get to happen in the way that like we got to get it to happen it's uh yeah just have to hope we're definitely gonna have to get creative yeah that's it you know like because like financially right now we're just freaking Mm. the hell out and you mentioned before all the venues closing i think for like you know bands that have been around for a long time really feel it like because like 
without yeah. venues and all the contacts to make in these different cities and stuff, you know, you really realize that you're working together. I mean, if the venues yeah. aren't doing well, the bands have no place to play, you know, it, it sounds obvious, but I mean, remember all these young bands that are just starting out and they walk into a venue and they're like telling off the promoter and shit like that, you know, <laughs> kind of get away with it, then book another place next time because they won't be asked back. But I mean, in this situation with all the like you you said 400 venues closing yeah, i mean at it's least, insane at like, least. yeah we're going through the exact same thing here too yeah. well and again you've seen it like in the states is it live nation the like ticket booking uh, ticket booking people being like right well now all of the responsibilities on the artist if the gig gets cancelled they have to accept all the fees we're like up in the percentage we're taking and all of this kind of stuff like shifting all of the blame onto the artist during a time like this it's um yeah it's fucking uh, disgraceful. scary yeah. <laughs> yeah it's fucking horrific it's, uh, but yeah we'll see we'll i find see. my level of patience has really went down for stupidity lately <laughs> you know what i mean like i used to kind of let things go by and just continue doing my thing but these days it's hard to let things go man i mean it's so it's fucking so outrageous constant, i think it's just it's never ending like it's all these little bits that before would be like a tiny crack in the dam or like a little like product yeah and now there's just everything and it's yeah. just like oh! <laughs> it's, I, yeah. I think it happens to me about once a day where you know i get all frustrated so i have to share some post about fucking you know uncle pig fucker i like to call him you know trump over there <laughs> and uh you know he, he's sharing some white power thing or mm. you know sharing these couples aiming guns at protesters and stuff like this and saying, don't forget your heritage. I mean, this guy literally grew up inside the KKK, right? But then you post <laughs> yeah. something like that. Then you have some guy that you may not know well or whatever, but you're aware that he's, you know, on your Facebook or whatever. And then he posts, you know, Trump is the best thing that ever happened to the U.S. And it's like... Fucking hell, man. Like, I, I had... I made the worst decision of my life. I, I was off Facebook for fucking ages. Like I, I had my account, but it wasn't like on my phone or anything. I kept it to like keep in touch with bad people. Um, but at the beginning of lockdown, I was like, oh, I'll get Facebook back on my phone again so I can make sure all my mates are doing okay. It was the worst fucking decision I ever made. <laughs> like completely the amount of stress on there right now. <laughs> and, and as you say, you end up like in a state where you're... Like it's three in the morning and I'm arguing with like an ex-work colleague of my uncle that's, you know, just never met, just getting really apoplectic with rage. And um, so, yeah, yeah I've, I've managed to like try to escape that again. Um, just because, yeah, fuck me. It's just constant, isn't it? And like the worst bit we had here was all the people that were saying, um, anytime you make any criticism, it was all this like, oh, they're, they're doing the best they can. You know, they've tried everything. It's like this fucking party has been in power for 10 years. Like they've literally got the biggest like governmental mandate any like party has got in the last 100 years. Like, and you're telling me that they didn't have the power to fucking do it because all they could do is be like, oh, please stay inside. Like, it's, it's fucking bizarre, man. Like, would you say that, yeah. like, ch check this out. Would, would you say that it's the first time in history, I mean, with everything going on in England, and of course, we're all, the whole world is bom bombarded yeah. with what's going on in the United States. But I mean, like, mm. I find it so, it's the first time in my lifetime where it's so incredibly blatant how yeah. they are treating the, their population as complete dummies you know what i mean like yeah. how can you be so condescending just blatantly lie yes we can say politicians have always lied but this is like next level yeah. stuff it's like 
you don't even think anybody has a thought of their yeah. own or any intelligence. It's just like this dumbed down version of leadership right now. Yeah. And I find it flabbergasting. You know what I mean? Like as the population is getting more and more educated, it's like the leadership is getting less and less educated. And well, it's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just blatant. They're just not even bothering to pretend anymore, which again, it's, it's just almost weirdly refreshing that everyone has just been like, no, we, we are just evil at this point. We are just clearly nasty people. It's fucking... Like just, I said at the start, the only good thing is now is that we know it. We can see it. Yeah. You know, it's like say, oh, I always knew there was like white supremacists around, but did we really know there is so many? <laughs> you know, like what the fuck, man? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, as I say, it's all a bit nuts, all a bit intense. But like, I don't know, again, I don't want to be one of these wankers that's like, oh, watch this YouTube video or whatever. But um, there's a, a journalist and documentary maker called Adam Curtis that uh, made a documentary called Hypernormalization that um, is basically, it, Hypernormalization was a type of sci-fi movie made uh, in the late stages of the Soviet Union. And um, basically the idea of, of the documentary and like of a lot of the stuff in those movies was the idea that everyone at the top knows it can't carry on forever like things aren't working everyone at the bottom knows everyone at the top knows everything isn't working but then everyone at the top knows every and it's just this cycle of everyone knowing that shit isn't working but no one like actually being able to be like hang on this this is weird and again like the idea two days before the berlin wall fell that communism was just going to disappear like would never have, have crossed anyone's mind in so many parts of that world and it's weird being in sort of that stage where everyone knows this system is crumbling and corrupt and shitty and terrible and everyone's starting to call it out and as you say the people at like the ruling classes are now not even pretending anymore and it's just Oh, it's just fucking weird, man. It's <laughs> but no, that's uh, it I, really I recommend is. it. I'd say it's uh, yeah. Yeah, may, maybe uh, throw me the link after. I'll post it under the video. Yeah, no, for sure, man. It's uh, yeah, it's a long one, but it's not like a crazy conspiracy theory YouTube video. It's a good. Besides <laughs> <laughs> for music, have you have you been able to work or anything like a? Because hmm. basically, what I want to get, I I don't know if you're able to work or not. But in England, are they um? Are they helping people out financially and stuff right now? Like, are there any measures? Because I'm lucky as shit to be in Canada. Yeah. I mean, basically everybody in Canada that can't work is getting $2,000 a month. Yeah. So we've, we've not got anything like that, unfortunately. Um, so I, I was very lucky and I've been very lucky in that um, I work within the NHS, but um, within like a children's services uh, sector of the NHS. So I'm not facing any of the, the virus or anything like this, but my job has still continued on. Um, so I'm not incredibly clued up, um, but I, I know lots of my friends have uh, basically, we had the furlough scheme where you didn't go into work and the government paid 80% of your wages and uh, your employer had to like top that up. But that's now started to be phased out and uh, like more and more people are like being sacked off as places are either opening up like in smaller capacities or like less and less. Um, and yeah, again, we're in this kind of situation where everything's just tumbling forward, waiting for it all to, to collapse. Um, but yeah, now, as I say, I'm, I'm very, very lucky in that I've been able to, to continue with my job. Um, and yeah, I know that there's a lot of people <laughs> that are really not in the same situation I am. Um, 
Uh, for yeah, sure, for sure. What about the other the other boys in your band? How how how's Jack Player doing? How's Danny doing? Um, are they so, working as well? So yeah, as as far as I know, um, like so, Doug works in a school. Uh, so he's kind of on a, a weird rolling rotor where he, he works for a couple of weeks and then has like a few weeks off to make sure he hasn't caught anything, um, and then goes in again. Um, Jackie P, um, I've not spoken to a huge amount. I, I hope he's doing all right. Um, like I imagine he's like owning Go his own business. Jack like Blair. yeah, man. Like, uh, yeah, fucking love you, man. Hope if you are listening, hit me up. Um, yeah, I can imagine that's that's gonna be shit. Uh, little Dan, I think again, his his jobs are slowly starting to reopen, but I think he's been furloughed for a while. And then Danny, similar to um, to Doug, is kind of on like a rolling scheme um, because yeah, he's working with like the the ambulances and stuff like that. So it's uh, it, similarly yeah, has a few shifts on, and then has a, a bit of time off to see if he's caught the rona, and then uh, yeah, back in again. So what, a, what yeah, about with house, with housing and stuff? Be, like um, you know what what's happening like when people can't make rent and stuff like that? Is that a big issue right now in England? <laughs> So I think there have been some measures put in place to like try and help people with that. Um, but our, our government is incredibly like pro landlord, like anything that is being put in, into place is very much like the government will pay the rent. Like they're not helping the actual renters to, to find a way to, to help themselves. Um, and uh, yeah, I think at the beginning of this, they did, uh, like quite a big initiative to try and bring like homeless people into like hotel rooms and stuff like that. But again, that's slowly being phased out as the hotels are now being asked to reopen and stuff like this. And again, our country's got really shit laws against squatting. Um, so there's, yeah, just people being kicked back out into the street and shit like this. It's, uh, yeah, no, the Tories aren't famed for being very caring, uh, to be honest. They're, yeah, not, not the nicest of people. <laughs> uh, for for sure, and somebody's got to fix that dude's hair, man. <laughs> no, that's 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 it's his whole thing. That's 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 literally. Re- remember so- this one? <laughs> I do remember indeed. That? We put it to good use, oh, right? <laughs> excellent, man. I'm, I'm glad it lives on. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, right. Yeah, Canada. That was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I really want to get you guys back here. Christina, my lady, was asking about yeah. you as well and said to say hi. Oh, man, give I her my I best. To give Django my love as well. Like, that's, yeah, I miss you guys so much. Like, again, even if we don't come over as a band, like, me and Danny know from experience that just coming and hanging out is super fun, so. <laughs> For sure. Now, but, yeah. when you were here last time, we, you touched on it before. You guys were doing um, some writing sessions here in my basement. Actually, right yeah. where I'm sitting right now. Yeah, and, man. Uh, yeah. What's going on with the with those songs? Uh, are, are you guys planning on getting in the studio and recording them? One hundred percent. So yeah, as I say, we've we've been working on them. Um, we've we've got a new drummer in Doug. As I say, uh, like since uh, that that tour didn't happen, and um, yeah, so we've we kind of had to take some time to like nail the the ideas down and like get everything like written up to scratch. And yeah, as I say, we're just sitting on them. They're all around like 70, 80% done. And um, it's, yeah, kind of frustrating, but also kind of nice because we can like tinker and like have a, have a bit of a play with them. Um, and yeah, now as I say, so hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, they're going to be coming out at some point. And yeah, you are going to get the biggest thanks in the album because like it was, it was that basement that contributed to, to so many songs. It was, yeah, man. It was, That's wild. 
a nice experience. <laughs> like, but that's it. Like it, going back to, to our first Europe tour together, it was just one of those things where as, as soon as we'd like had a couple of shows together and like it just clicked and it was so nice to like, yeah, just be on the same wavelengths and just having loads of fucking fun. And Christ, that, that night we played um, nines in the, the red rum and we were all... <laughs> Just like, off our fucking faces, just yeah. It's um, that tour was just insane. It was um, yeah. No, well, again, it was that's for sure. One hundred percent. And as I say, we we owe you a tour at this point. We we <laughs> weren't able to fulfil our end of the bargain when you you took it to cut out on the road. So yeah, yeah. Return. That's when the cool things like when you're when you're playing music and when you're a touring band is you make these relationships with other bands yeah. i mean yeah you're you're right the, the cards in your in your hand right now and we just pass it back and forth you know and that's how <laughs> this whole machine works and stuff like that but of course we'll come over and do another europe tour i I, I, I can't wait to do it as soon as we get the green light man <laughs> i mean right now for like you know people yeah. don't really talk about it but bands often they have bank payments to do they got financial yeah. responsibilities as well yeah. you know paying off you know vehicles or whatever right now there's that's no it. no income you know, it's a, it's hard times, man. But as soon as we get the green light to hit the road, I plan to be on the road a hell of a lot as soon as I can, <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. It's like, I imagine it's the same for you. Like, this is literally the first time, well, again, since I was like 14 or 15 and playing in my first bands that, like, this is the longest I've gone without gigging. Like, it is horrible. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, uh, yeah. So as soon as it, again, as soon as it's able to be a thing again, it's, um, yeah, going to be grabbing onto it with both hands and never letting go. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's where you kind of really appreciate what you do as well. Like, I yeah. handle it, I'm doing okay, then I get kind of depressed a bit, and then I go all crazy for a day, then I come back, yeah. and I'm, you know, kind of handling it. But, I mean, it's such a big part of, you know, my life and your life. It's like the yeah. weekend's coming along, where are we playing, or, you know, fall's coming up, where are we going on tour? You know, it's just like That's it. such a huge part of my life is just on hold yeah. right now. I hate it. Yeah. No, it's just so odd. And like, but again, as you say, it's really nice to have those moments where like, even when it gets a bit shit, you then have something that like really pulls you up. Like, again, when all this first kicked off and the, the realization, again, when we had that gig booked all the way off in February and all this kind of stuff, I was so like, you know, just, oh, is it ever going to happen again? Like, is, you know, what is happening? Um, and then within the space of a week, uh, so a band that I've <clears throat> like fucking loved forever. They are basically the band that I used to go see as a kid all the time uh, called the JB Conspiracy. Um, I've very fortunately have got to tour with them and play with them a few times like in the last few years. And they put out some songs which I didn't realise they'd taken demo tracks that I'd played on and like masked them up and put them onto the recording. And I literally didn't know that until I listened to like, I watched the video of these release songs. It was like, fuck, that's me. And just that like lifted me miles high. And then like two days later, Stomp came out. And like, as you say, Stomp got such a good reception. We were so lucky. Like, uh, again, it, it did like on, on views and stuff, it did better than Bull, like, which was insane. Like, it's, it's so cool to see that. Um, and yeah, as a, as I say, within a week, I literally went from like, ah, oh, fuck, music's dead. Like, I've wasted my life doing this. Why, why didn't I get a normal job to like, um, no, actually, it's the best. This is why you fucking do it. And yeah, 
I can't live my life just nine to five. You know what I mean? I can't do it. I would be so yeah. depressed, man, if I didn't have like, you know, some kind of adventure or something you're pushing forward mm. with. And you know, I, I don't understand how a lot of people live life, you know, working nine to five, two, two weeks off a year where they go to a yeah. chalet or something. Then it's back to the grind of 40, 45 hours. A week. <laughs> I, 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 I Fuck that shit, man. I ain't living my life that way. And you can't make me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, uh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm very glad that uh, not everyone wants to do this. Uh, again, I, I'm speaking as someone that's in a band that's managed to claw its way up the UK scene just because we've never given up. And lots of other bands have. And we've slowly managed to <laughs> just outlast a lot of people. Um, so survival of the not, fittest going on here <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you can look at us and call us the fittest I think it's uh, <laughs> but, uh, cheers to that brother <laughs> yeah I'm straight mm. but, uh, no I've, I've joked for years with daddy that like if all else breaks down it's, it's going to be me him and the cockroaches like in the, the post-apocalyptic wasteland just uh, yeah in that shitty old van playing scar punk to, to yeah, rooms of irradiated runs <laughs> is that van still running <laughs> yeah yeah working? just about it is uh it's outside my house over there at the moment as it has been for the last few months yeah just paying for it because as you say you know that doesn't stop you still have to keep it all insured and shit so uh yeah but no it's, that, it's that still, still one of the away. differences that to me is one of the differences between touring in uh, Europe and uh, touring in North America. North America, mm. all the touring vans are like 40 Conalines. Over there, they're all sprinter-style vans. I love those <laughs> things, man. Yeah, man. No, this of all the vans we've had, this is the best van. But that is <laughs> that is not a high margin. That is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's it's done us all right. Um, <laughs> in fact, the last van we had. Um, after we we trade it into, uh, I don't know what the equivalent would be for you guys. It's like banger racing, which is basically sort of like half NASCAR, but also you crash into each other and it's like a demolition derby type thing. And so we Absolutely. we so we sold our van to like some people that take part in the demolition derby thing. And there's a video of it, like getting in this crash, and the entire like top of the roof just goes like flying the fuck off. <laughs> and we're watching it being like. Shit, no, we could have been in that. Like, that's our man. <laughs> it's funny. When I grew up, uh, I grew up in the country, right? And right beside our house was where they had the Demolition Derby every right. year. So I grew up always going to Demolition Derby, you know, as a young kid and this kind of thing. Then I remember I was... Uh, I was 15 years old. I got my first car when I was um, 15. It was the Super 6 Valari with no ignition in it. You had to literally stick your two fingers on after you switched on the battery. My buddy wired up a battery on it. Switch it on, <laughs> put your fingers in the ignition, find this little piece and turn it and it would start. But I bought that car because I really wanted to drive in the Demolition Derby. But yeah. I had no patience at all. So a couple of weeks before the Demolition Derby came along, and by this time I was 16, and uh, I wanted to drive in it. But I thought I should go test out the car a little bit. So there was a gravel pit down the road. Start doing yeah. jumps with this car, man. It cracked the frame. It was like this. The wheels weren't even freaking touching the ground. So that was the end of my uh, demolition derby career. <laughs> well, well, it's, uh, the, the demolition derby's loss is music's gain, K-Man. We got to come out with a touring van demolition derby. I, I'm in, man. Right, Sign me up anytime. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I'm like... Uh, yeah, tour that starts off one band getting knocked out each night until only one makes it to the last destination. 
Man, I was on this one tour with a band called The Brains. You do you know The Brains? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so we're on tour. I think we had like 30 shows all across Canada, both bands together. And we're all best friends and stuff like this. But I remember we were coming down the the Rocky Mountains and we're kind of pushing, going pretty fast, a little faster than you should going down this mountain road, you know. But we're pushing yeah. so hard that and you, you and it's like a windy road. You'd have to hit the brakes hard before every turn, right? Both vans at the same time, the brakes started smoking. <laughs> and we we pulled over and literally one tire like it caught on fire, you know, and you could see the, the brakes were literally red hot. So we're on the side of this mountain, both vans. Now between the two vans was this car with a family in it. In, in it. Now because the roads are so small, they're kind of trapped between both vans, you know, so they had right, to pull yeah, over yeah. at the same time. And uh, like they had two little kids, super cute kids. Uh, you know, but like really small, I'm talking like two year old type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so we're in the middle of no fucking where, right. In the mountains of <laughs> British Columbia or something like this. And I'm like, I don't know if you ever remember that movie with the plane crash and stuff. And they called it a lot. Oh, yeah. People started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are for like not even 15 minutes. I'm like, <laughs> you gotta laugh at any situation in this life. You know what I mean? <laughs> they laughed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's always better when they laugh as well. That's uh, <laughs> that's awkward. Well, Bobo, my friend, listen, I can't wait to get back out on no. the road with you, and it will come soon enough. I'm so happy that you dropped by to be on the show today. My brother, 100%. cheers to you, man. Cheers to you Say as well, dude. All, to all the guys so, in Faintest so Idea. Nice. Yeah, we'll do, dude. Give love to everyone in Cayman. Like, it's, yeah, been too long. Fucking love to all of you guys. It's Absolutely, yeah. man. We'll get out of this shit together. Peace out, brother. Oh, yeah. Cheers, boy. Love Bye. you. Love you too, mate. Boom! Cayman don't know shit.